Wake up nice and early, get yourself to Stansted Airport. From Stansted Airport, you're gonna take a flight two and a half hours south to Lisbon. Once you're in Lisbon, get yourself downtown, check into an Airbnb and explore all the wonders and beauty that Lisbon has to offer. Drink some Portuguese wine, look at the lovely tiled buildings and just absorb the winter sunshine. If that winter sunshine isn't quite warm enough for you, you need to be getting yourself back to that airport. From Lisbon Airport, you're gonna head four and a half hours south to Mindelo on an island called Sao Vicente, and that is in Cape Verde, the African islands country that is Cape Verde. Once you arrive in Mindelo, you're gonna get off the airport and experience a very warm rush of wind. You're gonna look around and see nothing but arid rocky formations, but then you're gonna go outside the airport and you're gonna jump in a taxi and ask to go to the port. 15 minutes later, you'll be at Mindelo Port and then you're gonna get a ferry, there's two a day, you can jump on one of those and get yourself over to Santantau. Get yourself on a minibus and take that minibus around a fairly new road that takes you all around enormous mountainous rocky formations on the outskirts of the island to a place called the Paul Valley. Get yourself to an Airbnb and then walk outside onto your balcony. And you should be able to hear slight winds blowing up the valley through thousands upon thousands of green sugar plantations. And, unless I'm much mistaken, a distant cow. And for once, no barking dogs. That's really weird. That'll, they will start in a minute. They never shut up. This place is beautiful. You have arrived in Santantau. This podcast is all about Cape Verde, and I'm in the island of Santantau right now. And um, quite often, just a quick note, during this podcast, I will call it Sauanteo because I didn't realise how you say it. I now know that the locals call it Santantau. This is a podcast all about Cape Verde. I'm really glad that you could join me. I really hope you enjoy it. Just a quick note before we start. This particular island is about the size of New York City. And uh, even though it's the size of New York City, it's home only to 40,000 people, which means... And I love this fact, a bit of a mind-bending fact. There's more homeless people in New York than there are people living on this island. A sparse, green, wonderful and definitely beautiful island. Let's find out more about Cape Verde. Thanks for joining me. Hello and welcome to Cape Verde Island life in the sun and as I'm talking to you there's a man just driven past in a mini bus, 
playing some rather appropriate reggae. Rock the hell on. I'm a bit stressed actually, if I'm really honest. And this is going to be therapy. Oh, this was supposed to be a film and I've been fannying around the entire morning with a GoPro. Um, so before we get started, let me just say GoPro can absolutely go fuck itself. Anyone that sees all those glossy pictures of people skating and being sexy all around the world, all filmed beautifully on a GoPro. Yeah, I would not advise them. Absolutely full of bugs, very rarely recorded correctly and cocked up all of the sound and really annoyed me. So um, it's going to be an interesting start to a podcast because here I am on an island in the middle of nowhere. I've had no cares or stress in the world for quite a few days and I've decided to start a podcast at the one time. I'm actually a bit pissed off, but hopefully the process here is me just uh, chatting away and talking myself down and slowly becoming happier. Therapy. Welcome along. Okay, so I'm in Cabo Verde and there's some kids coming back from school. I think we should start at the beginning. Right, why am I here? I'll tell you why I'm here. Because everywhere else is rubbish at the moment, isn't it? Hey? Everywhere else is rubbish. Um, not saying that this is at its height of tourism, it's absolutely dead. Um, and it's been sadly very negatively impacted from COVID. But you can still go out in the sun. And good morning to you. That one's right up in my grill. Chickens love a chat here in Cabo Verde. And they like to chat from about dawn. When I was a kid, I always associated the call of a cockle with dawn. And when I first went traveling, I think I went to Thailand and I heard one at dawn and I was like, oh, wow, cool. Well, here's what they don't tell you. Outside of the world of the cornflake adverts, those cockles, once they start, they don't stop come mid-morning. It's not an actual wake-up call. They just love a doodle-doo. And that's another thing. We're always taught it's cock-a-doodle-doo. And then I met a Swedish girl, and she said in Sweden they say, Cockle-coo. Cockle-coo. And then I was like, well, so how can different languages have different animal sounds? And she goes, no, we're pretty much the same, like cows do go moo. Pigs in Sweden, we say they... <coughs> that is more accurate. It's climbing over a building tonight. What's that? So I'm saying Botad because everyone keeps saying it to me. I mean, it might mean go home, you English bastard, but I, I think it's a welcome greeting. Oh, it feels better. Fucking stupid GoPro. Okay. Where am I? What am I doing? And what's going on? Cape Verde. Verde is green, so I'm in the green cape. Which is a bit of a misnomer, really, because it's not that green. This particular pocket is, but many of the islands are just large, dead, angry volcanoes with absolutely no vegetation on them. This one is called Sao Anteo. Sao Anteo. 
it's the most westerly which means that it's bashed by all the vigour and vim of the Atlantic Ocean which has had all this time to get a bit stressed and nothing to stop it until it hits the coast here in Cape Verde and as a result makes these absolutely outrageously powerful waves so the whole coast I'm looking down at the town now the whole coast is kissed by whitewash okay I'm climbing up a hill it's getting a bit intense but I'm going to carry on let's get rid of the baggage that is technological frustrations from bloody GoPros and tell you a little bit more about Cape Verde. So, so I'm in an island called Sao Anteo, which is the most westerly of 10 islands, okay? So Cape Verde is a bunch of islands way off the coast of Senegal in Africa. It is technically Africa. Um, so I'm in Africa, whoopee-doo, lovely stuff. Very crudely, it's uh, a third of the way across the Atlantic bit like I, i've never been to the azores in uh, technically portugal but i imagine uh, they're fairly similar it's also a bit like the canary islands in that of course how did these get here they're just 10 bloody great volcanoes that's what they are um now uh, that's a bit crude because of course they're volcanic it's not like they're just volcanoes um they are so mind-bendingly stunning that it's immediately shot up the ranks of places that you must visit. And I mean that. I am currently, I've just walked out of town, I've left the people behind, and I'm walking along a dusty track, having a bit of a hike. Um, I've got crashing waves, angrily crashing to the right of me, as the cliffs below, um, which have been pounded for thousands of years, deal with the waves. Okay, this is a bit weird. They like to keep their um, farmyard animals out of town, so I'm now around the corner and there's no houses around, but there is what can only be described as a, a large pig mansion, a house that's been dedicated, if you can call it a house, um, <laughs> the world's most beautiful pig pen is all I can say. It is palatial um, and it's got gorgeous sea views, lucky pigs, if only the windows were a bit shorter or they had roller skates on because um, unfortunately I don't think they can see out of the windows. Wow. Okay, I digress. Let's get some facts down here. Ten islands in Cape Verde. Nine of them are populated. Uh, if you go to the most westerly point, have a quick Google if you've got a computer in front of you, you'll see Sao Anteo, okay? And so if you're looking at Sao Anteo, look at the most westerly point of that, and you'll see Ponto del Sol, the point of the sun. And that's the name of the village behind me, point of the sun. Um, because quite understandably, it is where the sun sets. So it's extraordinarily beautiful. So you've got the very Mad Max element of Africa anyway, i.e. people just building their own houses out of whatever they find. And, you know, all the cars are of questionable safety. Um, not that there's many vehicles actually, but there you go. Self-sustainability, really. I mean, no one eats in the restaurants apart from the tourists, and there aren't any. So it's you know everyone catches their own fish, grows their own vegetable, kills their own pigs when they've finished their life in the pig mansion on the cliff, um, and just lives how we used to live. So it's got this really lovely raw 
sensible feeling about it. In more recent years, it's become completely obvious to all of us that actually working at a desk, no matter where it is, is quite often not only boring, but makes you want to shoot yourself. And I can't imagine any of these people understand the boredom that is office life because there ain't no offices here. Now, that's not to say they've got it easy. And with Western eyes, it's very easy to glamorise all this kind of thing. All I'm saying is it's back to basics. I don't think a lot of things have changed in hundreds of years. It is a lunar landscape of volcanoes. Um, but in this particular part of this particular island, it's unbelievably green. Quite difficult to farm because you have to dig into the um, cliff faces to create shelves. And those shelves then can uh, attract the morning dew. And indeed, what little scarce water there is can be channeled down into them. So you find a lot of banana plantations. You find, I'm getting a bit steep here. Yeah, a lot of banana plantations, a lot of sugarcane plantations and uh, various vegetables, none of which seem to hit their supermarket shelves, annoyingly. I haven't quite worked out how to buy vegetables, apart from the occasional lady that will walk around in the early morning with a basket of them on her head, shouting. I've managed to get her a couple of times. But uh, yeah, the supermarket's very scarce, very scarce for, for a place that evidently does grow um, quite a lot of fresh fruit and vegetables. So, breathtaking views. And I really can't stress that enough. And I know it's really hard on a podcast and I refuse to use the term more than words can describe because that's a cop-out. So I'll try to describe it. Huge turrets of what were obviously lava that are now solid rock thrust out of the ocean with this sort of unchallenged barbaric conqueristic spirit so they just come up and they just don't stop but these bizarre mad cliff faces sometimes three four hundred meters um sheerly jutting out of the sea some um are a little bit more forgiving as i say you could put banana plantations on them and in some of the valleys it, it is a incredible feat of engineering that they've managed to build a road around the around some parts of these islands, one of which I'm on as we speak. Let me take a, a little breather here. So as I look down, you might be able to hear very distantly the ocean crashing against the rocks. I'm in a little inlet on an old stone path that could also be called a road, although you never see any cars or motorbikes on it really. And uh, I'm on my way to a town called Fontaine, or Fountain, for obvious reasons. And um, I'll probably have a look at that and see how that's going. But even if Fontaine is rubbish, this majestic and bizarre... Oh, here comes a car. That'll shut me up. Hang on a sec. Let me just get out of the way. Dad. Um, that's surprising. Uh, yeah, so they do occasionally use this as a road. <laughs> it's... It's mental. It's, it reminds me a little bit of like Northern England in that it's all old stone cobbles, um, but then it doesn't because um, for those of you that remember the Hovis ad with the boy pushing his bike up the hill, I don't think he'd be able to make it up here without stopping for a glass of water. It's an incredible place to be and 
it's not just the lunar landscape and the bizarre nestled little towns it's also about the people people mega friendly mega safe so much so that i've noticed most people don't even bother locking up their bicycles it is an island i mean these are islands so you always get a slightly different pace on an island and i always think it's slightly different crime rate i mean i've never looked at the stats on this but islands always feel safer i don't know if it's a psychological thing of you know that you can't really go anywhere or what but yeah there's certainly absolutely no chance of any significant crime here if you're a tourist um well not on this island i mean i can't really speak for um sal the the most popular tourist island oh and we should talk about that so um anteo and vincente they're very much uh, a couple there's only an hour boat trip between them if you want to venture to the other islands you're going to be on a boat for a hell of a lot longer than an hour. You might be looking, well, you're looking at an internal flight, really, but if you are um, determined to get a boat from one island to another, you might be on that boat for 14 hours, um, depending on which island you go to. So they're very spread out. These volcanic eruptions had no thought of the people that would come and settle here all those millennia later. And we should talk about that as well. So before I arrived I was thinking like so how who's with ease who who was here who who and when they're really new when it comes to human settlement they're only 500 years old and the first people to get here were the Portuguese and unlike the rest of the African continent they didn't as the Brits as the Belgians as the Swedish as everyone did um, Germans etc they didn't take it from anyone else they just took it Um, there really was no one here according to records so there was no one here. They were very untamed. They were probably extremely difficult do- to dock a boat to. Um, most of them didn't have any vegetation and the, it was obvious that any vegetation that was gonna be planted and built was gonna take a m- huge amounts of, of human endurance. So I think Portuguese came here. I think they thought, well, this is all right. We'll build a few little colonial buildings, get jiggy with some of the uh, agriculture but these places are never going to be much. They don't seem to have any natural resources. You know, there's no zinc mines, there's no copper mines, there's no cobalt mines, there's none of the things, no diamonds, none of the things that you might find in many African countries. So I don't know if they were particularly over the moon about colonising them. It's not like they found the biggest jewel in the crown, probably. Um, Logically, they were quite important to the slave trade. So... A lot of the slaves that were enslaved, captured and enslaved. Yeah, struggle with that always. Just the concept of it is so barbaric. Um, but yeah, the people that were uh, taken from their villages, put on boats and then shipped out to the Caribbean, sold, of course. And uh, I've made a couple of videos of this on YouTube if you're interested. Um, many of them left from... Um, such places as Ghana, uh, some Senegal, basically the whole of West Africa, Liberia and so on. Um, but they also had to make stops. And I believe that this, these islands were quite important to the slave trade. They had to make stops along the way and this was an obvious place to do so. So sadly, its past is quite grim in that sense. You've got the tragedy, the travesty of slave guilt that built this uh, country in the early days. And it is an independent country now, okay? So the Portuguese had it, and now um, they lost it in the 70s, as so many uh, African countries were handed back to their, uh, or, or given independence, I should say. Um, so 
As a result, you've got pretty much everyone speaks Portuguese, but they also speak Cabo Verdean Creole. And depending on which island you're on, that seems more popular. So, for example, this, this island is very much Cabo Verdean Creole. I think the sort of more populated centres are probably more Portuguese speaking. So there you go. That's, there, I'm going to carry on this podcast. I'm going to stop now because I've got a hell of a hill to climb. Um, but that, that, gives you, that gives you the basics. So uh, a stunning lunar landscape of majestic mountains thrust into the air by volcanic eruptions. Um, in some places green. Um, is it safe and friendly? Absolutely. More on that later. And um, how long do I intend to be here? I don't know, a bit longer until the money runs out or I have to move into the pig hotel. Um, <laughs> that's the basics there's more to come thanks for joining me stay tuned later that night and every night this happened just when you think all just when you think all is quiet in Cape Verde in the dead of night with a beautiful sound of crickets you may in the distance here the echoing bark of dogs. It's three in the morning. You would think that anyone with a dog would be very annoyed if it started barking. But dog barking is a normal thing. So this is a lull. This is a very quiet bit. But any time now, maybe now, maybe in two minutes, maybe in five minutes, maybe in ten minutes, every fucking dog in the entire valley will be barking and because it's a valley with extremely high stone walls all that we will hear is those same dogs in stereo echoing so for every bark you get about two bonus barks a little bit quieter I'll, uh, I'll keep you informed of all the latest Late Night Bark News. You're listening to Late Night Bark News with me, Vinnie White, and what sounds like 2,000 dogs. It's probably only 20. Okay, it's Friday night, and I am wearing the face mask. I'm a little bit muffled, but I'm going to be going into a bar. And... I went in here the other day, it's basically someone's house where there's a bar, it's got no name, but it's got a bar in the front room of the house, so you can hang out there, or you can go into the rest of the house and hang out with his family, including his 90 year old mother, and his name, I don't know, but he calls himself Michael Jackson, Um, he does that because he himself is a musician, I think he appreciates Michael Jackson's body of work, hopefully not his lifestyle. Anyway, let's go in there and have a pint. I say a pint, a small bottle of beer. See what happens. See if they remember me. Uh, can I have a Sylvester beer? Thank you. Do you have any Strella? Okay, Superbock is good. Good, thank you. Yeah. No Michael Jackson today? Oh, no. 
Michael Jackson's not in today, and it would appear nor are the rest of his family because his lounge is pretty empty. So uh, got my sip, got my super box, and went outside. There's a dried up riverbed full of chickens, cockle cocking in the background. Uh, a very dishevelled looking pigeon hanging on a wire and a couple of building sites around me where they're structuring some of their big houses the guy's speaking there speaking Cabo Verdean Creole I think he's just finished work he's got the old boiler suit on and some flip flops and he's having an after work Friday nighter good for him sun's shining going down slowly and, uh, it's another day in a small town in Cape Verde, really. Pretty typical stuff. Uh, that's the communication method in uh, Latin America and a great deal of Africa. The old whistling class eco. I'm just going to carry on walking. I've been here for a week and I'm starting to see the same people over and over again. And they're starting to see me. I was a bit of a novelty when I first arrived because there's no one here that's got my complexion or blue eyes really um, but now I'm not a novelty at all I'm just another dude here we are and uh, I figured I'll bring a pig in funnily enough this isn't the first podcast that I've done with a pig in it when I was on News Talk 1010 in Toronto see that pig I'm just going to carry on walking He's happy, he's eating banana leaves. Um, when I was in Toronto on News Talk 1010, I knew a guy that had a pig, and so we brought him and the pig into the studio and did a whole show with the pig. Well, we did most of a show with the pig, but then it then it shat on the carpet. You know, very much the risk you take when you have a pig as a guest. Anyway, I thought I'd use this opportunity to do some self-promotion, because I never do that. Um, so, if you like these podcasts, I don't make money, I'm not particularly interested in it. Um, if you do like them and you want more, though, recently I've had a bit of a nightmare with my podcasts. But I can tell you that all of them are always at vinniewhite.co.uk, vinniewhite.co.uk. And um, if you like the travelling ones, in 2012, which feels like a long time ago now, I did a series of five podcasts um, travelling across Africa through eight African countries. So if you like this sort of weird stuff with the occasional sound of pigs and some facts about African countries, I go from Kenya to South Africa via... Tanzania, Mozambique, Zambia, Zimbabwe, Botswana, Namibia. If you're interested in any of that stuff, get yourself to vinniewhite.co.uk. Scroll down to 2012 and you can have a listen to those. A few days later, I ventured into the stunning Paul Valley, um, a base for hiking trails. Uh, from there, I hiked up to the crater of a volcano. Then afterwards, I had a well-deserved beer. I asked the guy who owned the bar about his life. This is him. So how come your your English is so good? Are you a guide or? No, no, no. I'm a driver. 
A driver? Yes. You got very good English. Very good? Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> yeah. So you're a driver. Yes. Have, you, have you got any work at the moment? To the back of our order? Yes. Good. The day I'm in, um, two, three days of vacations. Okay. But uh, tomorrow, after tomorrow, I go to harbour. I make uh, Porto Novo, here, here, Porto Novo. I yeah. Public transport. Okay. You live here? Yes. Is this your bar? Yes, yes. So you got a bar, you're a driver? Yes. Wow. <laughs> Good life. So tell me, has it been difficult because there's very, very few tourists? Yes, yes. It's been... At this moment, now is the high season from tourists. Yeah. But after COVID, it's very, very difficult for everyone because the tourists don't come. We have a lot of tourists walk from the crater, go up, go down, or go to the... Hotels, some uh, guest house all over there. Yeah. Normally we have a lot of tourists. And uh, also we have some tourists for make visit in the car. By car, but when it's cold in your country, we have a lot of tourists here in Cape Verde, but not this year. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, the most is the German people with French people. Huh. Because they love the, the hike. I love the hiking. Yeah. I love the weather. Yeah. So tell me about Cape Verde, about the islands. Uh, have you ever been to any other Cape Verde islands? You must have been to São Vicente. Yeah, yeah, São Vicente. Now me, missed me just Fogo and Brava. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. In my vacation, sometimes I make visits in the other island. But um, now we have some options for work here in Santantão for work. Uh -huh. But before, a lot of young people go to San Vicente, Boa Vista, Sal, the Santiago, that island where we have uh, most options for, for, for work. Okay. But now people stay. They do, huh? Yeah, yes. The young people. And before this, and before this, people work, uh, uh, go outside to Europe, uh, USA, in Brockton. Oh. Mm -hmm. Do they send money back here? Yes, yes, yes. The father give give you the money for go there, and yeah. when you are there, you you work, you change the life. You have to send back the money, yeah. and have other parents go. They make the same. Yeah. And after, for example, if you have a girlfriend here, you have to bring your girlfriend <laughs> like this. But now, now a lot of people stay here. Do you want to go? Do you ever want to leave? Mm, no. I love here. I yeah. want to stay here. Before it was this lot of immigration. I'll give you one idea. For example, we have uh, in, here in Cape Verde, we have uh, half million, 500,000 here in all, all Cape Verde. We have 600,000 outside. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the most big uh, community of immigration we have is in Netherlands. In Rotterdam. Really? Yes. Why did everyone go to Rotterdam? Because before, because of the ship. They have a big harbor all over there also. And we have a big ship passing Santiago, San Vicente. A lot of people from here. It's easy to go up, to go uh, to Rotterdam. Huh. Uh-huh. In Netherlands, we have a big community. But also we have in uh, Luxembourg. We have... Cape Verdean people everywhere in the world. So you said there's 600,000 Cape Verdean people outside Cape Verde. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Inside of Cape, yeah. Cape Verde. 500,000. 
That's amazing. It's amazing, yes. More people are up than here. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> 1920 until 1960, more or less. Like okay. Uh -huh. Well, I think your country is absolutely outstanding. I've been to 83 countries, yeah. and I have to say, this is one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Oh God. <laughs> Paradiso. Paradiso. <laughs> And where are your parents living? Are they in the town? Down, a little bit down there. Okay. Because I'm from a big, big family. My father has 14 children. Come on. Yes, it's, uh, the, uh, he has 14. Seven, 14, yeah. One, four. Whoa. Uh, he has seven with my mom, three with another woman, and four with another woman. <laughs> oh, he likes women. <laughs> <laughs> Because before he was a driver of big car, big camion. Okay. For example, for go to Porto Novo, he need two, three days, go and come back, for example, because he have to go to Villa das Pombas, Paul, sí. Ribera Grande, the Colonial Street, Pesan Corda, Cova, and down to Porto Novo. With the big car, it's really difficult. Of course, yeah. And... Uh, we have a joke between the brothers. We said, our father like a fisherman. Each part, one wife. <laughs> <laughs> and then 14 children. Yes. <laughs> Come on then, can you, can you name all the children? Yes, yes. Go on then, I want to hear it. Can you do it? It's, uh, the first one, the name is Sandra. I have uh, Nelson, I'm Evandro. I have Anderson and uh, Fredson. That's okay. the boy. Oh. After we have Leida, Leida and Neuza. This is the seven from my my mom. Okay. And then after he have uh, another tree with another woman, Andrea, Anilton, and Hamilton. <laughs> after the the other four is uh, just like Cesar, Rui. <laughs> Rui. Rui. Yeah. Uh, yes. R. U. Oh, Rui. Yeah. Rui. Just like Cesar and Rui. We are fourteen. Unbelievable. And before, before it was uh, difficult because her three, the, uh, the three moms make fight everywhere. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> but now the the most young have uh, thirty two years old. Now, for example, in uh, in a Christmas, in a Easter, when we have party, we make big party level there. I bet you do. <laughs> so, is your father still with? A woman, the the last woman. He's still with, with my mom. He's still with your mom. Yes, because my mom it was the first one. Hang on a minute. So <laughs> your mom yes. knows there were two other women uh -huh. and three, four, five, six, seven other seven children. Seven other children, yes. And she said, "Okay, you're a <laughs> terrible person, <laughs> but, but I stay with you. I stay with you." <laughs> wow, that is impressive. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, before doesn't happen like now. Because uh, before the the woman normally she stay at home, care of the of the house of the children like this. It don't go out. Yeah. And at this time also don't have telephone, don't have telephone. Well, Anything that's true. Like this yeah. Is completely different. For I'll example. see you in three days. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. A little bit more like this. Yes. <laughs> Wow, they're still together. Does she still love him? Yes, yes. Wow, yes. does he still love her? Yes, yes. That's amazing. 
one day I make a joke with my my wife. I, de- I, I said, I'm going to make like my father. She said, I catch your nose. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be like your father. <laughs> catch your nose and everything else. <laughs> Estava em fluida, tá dançando tcha tcha tcha, tá dançando tinguiça, tenha corpinho bem pagado. Estava em fluida, tá dançando tcha tcha tcha, tá dançando tinguiça, tenha corpinho bem pagado. Looking out over the huge green valley, the barman, my new friend, told me about how the terraces are made. Plantations everywhere, but how did anyone know whose terrace, whose plantation, was whose? Maybe the terraces there have around of two or three hundred years old. Yeah. And uh, before they belong to a family, if you have four children, up you divide it in four. And they start generations by generations. And each, fa- each family knows where is her part where they can make agriculture. Like everyone knows. Everyone knows is 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 this, yeah. Inside to the river also like this. Inside to the the river that river you see there. Some yeah. we have more than twenty kilometers down to the sea, up to the mountains. Each family know where is her part where they can make agriculture. Does anyone ever have a fight? No 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 no. no. Because it's sometimes it's marked when you, you grow there, for example, when you are a child you you said that's from my father. After you grow, your father divide. That's my part. That's part of my brother. That's part of the brother, brother. Everyone know where is her father. What happens reason. if you've got 14 children? That's a problem. But normally one person who has 14 children don't have place for agriculture. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I didn't go to Sal. Sal. You know, where all the tourists are. Yeah, Sal, Sal that's for the beach. Sun, beach, something like this. Beach and a nice yeah. resort, swimming pool, beach, nice resort, swimming pool, Green. beach. Swim. <laughs> yeah, and it's expensive, it's man. Expensive, like, it's yeah. 120 euros for one night in the hotel. 120 euros? Yeah, I know. Now, it's a nice hotel. Of yeah. course it is, but it's not that nice. Yeah. I had too many beers and started asking stupid questions. Have you got a donkey? Yes. Where is it? You got a pig? Yeah, Where's your a, pig? Behind of the mango tree. You've got a pig behind the mango tree? Yes. Fantastic. Time to head back to my accommodation halfway up a mountain. Then, that night, out to the tiny local town, which had a population of about, I don't know, 200, 250 tops, to see what I could find. What could I find? Well, it's Saturday night in a village north of Paul, in the Paul Valley, on Sanantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantantant
to the left of me, sugar plantations. What's up? Hello. And some dude. And to the right of me, there's a few buildings, and one of them is a bar, I think. Yes, brilliant. So this, by day, I've never been here, but by day, there's a racist dog that lives here. Because every time I walk past, he barks only at me, because I'm white. And I'm going to go in there. And tonight's mission is, can I have a glass of punch, which is a local drink, and try to tame the racist dog. Let's see if it works. Walking up some stone stairs. The bar obviously is all open, everything's open, always. Just tin, simple roof. Oh no, banana leaf roof. On a shack. Let's have a look. What's that? There you Stop the podcast, stop the podcast. Let's leave you on a cliffhanger. 40 minutes is about long enough. There's going to be loads more of this stuff coming up in part two of this podcast about Cape Verde. But for now, I think we will leave it there on a cliffhanger. Did I manage to meet and tame the racist dog? What happened in the bar? Did I get a punch? And did it give me an almighty hangover the next day? All that will be discussed in podcast two and loads more as well as I tell you more about the wonders of the beautiful islands that are Cape Verde here in the Atlantic Ocean. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for part two coming up in the same place you found this one. If you've got any questions, get in touch. You can usually find me via the website vinniewhite.co.uk and that's got a weird spelling, V-I-N-N-E-Y, white like the colour, dot co dot uk dot co dot uk mind how you go big love from africa